You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The reading this morning is from Genesis 18, 1 through 15 from the Common English Bible. Isaac's birth announced. The Lord appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre while he sat at the entrance of his tent in the day's heat. He looked up and suddenly saw three men standing near him. As soon as he saw them, he ran from his tent entrance to greet them and bowed deeply. He said, Sirs, if you would be so kind, don't just pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought to you. <clears throat> may wash I'm sorry. Let a little water be brought so you may wash your feet and refresh yourselves under the tree. Let me offer you a little bread so you will feel stronger, and after that you may leave your servant and go on your way, since you have visited your servant. They responded, Fine, do just as you have said. So Abraham hurried to Sarah at his tent and said, Hurry, knead three seas of the finest flour and make some baked goods. Abraham ran to the cattle, took a healthy young calf, and gave it to the young servant, who prepared it quickly. Then Abraham took butter, milk, and the calf that had been prepared, put the food in front of them, and stood under the tree near them as they ate. They said to him, Where's your wife Sarah? And he said, Right here in the tent. Then one of the men said, I will definitely return to you after this time next year. Then your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were both very old. Sarah was no longer menstruating, so Sarah laughed to herself, thinking, I'm no longer able to have children, and my husband's old. The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Me, give birth at my age? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? When I return to you about this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Sarah lied and said, I didn't laugh, because she was frightened. But he said, No, you laughed. The next reading is from Genesis 21, 1 through 7. The Lord visited Sarah as they had said, and the Lord did Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone will, who hears will laugh over me. And he said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for the opportunity to worship with such a wonderful choir, with such amazing tech crew and liturgists and readers. 
But most of all, God, with your Holy Spirit being present here. As we continue with our worship, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. Well, I have to tell you what an interesting story this is, and one which just can very, very hard to believe, right? I mean, here, Abraham and Sarah are minding their own business, going through their day, thinking nothing out of the ordinary would happen. And these three travelers, three men, come by. I think in and of itself, that's a shock to have these travelers come come upon you. And Abraham decides that the most important thing to do is not just wave and say, hi, but it's to invite them in to give them hospitality, to allow them to wash their feet, to go out of their way to make sure that they are refreshed, that they have food for their journey. What a wonderful example for us. And I think it says a lot about Abraham and Sarah, that they were attentive to what was going on, that they didn't just go through their day and go through the motions like I so often do, right? I have so much to do each and every day. After today, I'm going to be running children to to practices and spending some time with them before leaving later on this week for our mission trip. But I'm very, very, very impressed with just Abraham going, you know what, we're going to stop in the midst of this. These are travelers that God has sent us. We're going to offer the same hospitality that we would. And in the midst of that hospitality, in the midst of what is happening, they get even more shocking news. A a, a promise, a promise of a child that that promise seemed to have sailed a long time ago. That decision seemed to have already been made for them, that they would have no children, that the promises that God had made earlier about having so many descendants, so many that the stars in the sky would be the same number that they would have. The increase of influence that we talked about last Sunday and that they were going to be a blessing to the whole world just didn't seem like it was going to happen. And yet, here they are. In the midst of showing hospitality, they get the surprising news that in a year's time, Sarah would have a child. And friends, we know, because we read it just a second ago, how the story ends. But I don't want us to move so quickly to the end. right? I want us to sit in that time right after hearing this news. Right? Could you imagine the shock, the surprise, the there's no way? I'm sure Sarah was like, hey, hey, friends, um, I don't need you mansplaining me uh, how, how childbirth works. I know that that's not going to happen. And I don't blame her for laughing. I, I think sometimes traditionally we've said that that's a, a sign of a lack of faith, but 
I think that that's just realistic. I think Sarah's sitting there going, uh, I don't think so. And I love, again, that the scriptures add that detail in here. I love that. Because it shows that these people are real people. That they're not caricatures. That they don't always get it right. Because, friends, my guess is we don't always get it right either. I feel pretty safe in naming that. We don't always pay attention or maybe believe the first time when God said that God's going to do something. And that's in some ways reassuring that our biblical heroes, that the people that came before us in faith had the same kind of reactions that sometimes we might have. But wouldn't you know it, a year later, Sarah has Isaac. What they thought was impossible happened because God gives us promises that we can count on. And in the midst of it, I bet you too, when Sarah says, everyone's going to laugh at me, I wonder if she remembered her laughing and found it ironic and funny in a way. Because there's such joy in her statements. There is such hope. To go from no hope to go to maybe these promises that God has given us are actually going to be reality. We didn't misunderstand them, but they are a reality. In one year's time, everything can change. And I imagine for Abraham and Sarah, that was the case. Friends, the good news for us today, because Isaac's birth was certainly good news for Abraham and Sarah, is that God still continues to make promises. But I wonder in some ways, do we believe that those promises are beyond reach? When we think about certain things that we want in our world, do we kind of sit back like Sarah does and laugh and think, well, that's just not possible. That's just not going to happen in my lifetime. And I wonder if we make excuses too. Well, I'm not old enough to be able to make a difference, or I'm too old, or I don't have the energy, or you don't understand my circumstances, or whatever excuse we might make. I wonder how often that happens. And as I sat this week and prayed over this passage and asked myself, what are some of the promises that I'm going to be honest with you? It's really hard for me to believe could happen in my lifetime, but I know they're things that God cares about. I know that they are things that God wants for our world, right? And so things like hunger, the fact that there are children going hungry in our world is problematic, and I believe that that breaks God's heart. And we pray it when we pray the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to do it a little bit later, that we have our daily bread. So when people don't have that, I wonder how much that breaks God's heart. 
Or how about somebody turning? I have friends that are, that are addicted to various things. I pray for them all the time. But it seems so hard, right? I don't understand why that they're more caring about maybe drugs or, or other things than they are about their family around them or caring about their neighbors. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you're like, this person has hurt me or, or I've hurt this person and there's no way that we're going to be able to be reconciled ever. And I'm not saying that 100% that you, we forget what happened. But if there, sometimes these restorations of relationships, we sit back and go, that's impossible, God. I will never be forgiven by this person. Maybe it's working with those who are oppressed. We have those who suffer injustice, oppression, and evil in our world. We make pledges in our baptismal vows that we would stand against those things. And whenever we have a baptism, whenever we do confirmation, whenever we welcome new people into the church, we reaffirm that that is something that we are going to stand against. So I know that that's not what God wants in this world. And yet when I look around, sometimes it's just so overwhelming. Or how about reconciliation of races? Of us actually stepping in and saying, what, what have we done as a country to harm others? As a promise that I wish would be solved in my lifetime, but it seems so utterly overwhelming. You all, as a church, are expecting a promise of a new place of worship to be able to impact your community. You are standing here and sitting here and worshiping together, whether it's in person or online, a promise of a new space. And I have heard people say, I hope we're in there by Easter. I hope we're in there. That's a promise. And I'm sure over the last couple of years, that may have seemed really, really far off and really, really hard. But that is a promise that God, I think, is making us. And friends, I know this and, and, and many of us, you could think if we went around and, and spoke to everyone and we went in that chat box, you could add a million other things that you see in our world that you think God cares about. And when we promise the kingdom of God coming here on earth as it is in heaven, it just seems so unlikely. And it can be overwhelming. But what I love about this passage is that it's actually two different passages that we read today. Because on one hand, the first one is a promise that Sarah had of what was really happening in the present at that time. And it looked forward to the future, right? 
Abraham offers hospitality in this moment, but a year from now, you're going to do this, and this promise will be fulfilled. Friends, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if we're really people that believe that Jesus rose from the dead and is with us, that is calling us to be disciples, that friends, we also live in a present and also a future. A present reality where all these things seem really hard to believe. But that one day, we're going to be in the future where God is going to cast out all the evil in our world and that these things are going to be taken care of. We can count on that. In fact, sometimes that's the only thing that gets us through. The other week I was talking to someone who had just lost a spouse. And they said, the only thing that gets me through is I know I'm going to see them again. The resurrection, new life. I don't see it right now because I'm grieving. I'm heartbroken. But I know that that person is with God. I can count on that promise. And so as we go through these things, we have to sit back and we have to say, you know what? We're not going to give up. Because the beautiful thing about being disciples of Jesus Christ is we're walking so close to the rabbi that we also begin to experience life as Jesus did. The things that broke Jesus's heart in ancient Israel and Judah are the same things that break many of our hearts. The things that we talk about as part of the kingdom of God start to become the things that we care about. And we only have that because of the resurrection. These things that I listed are overwhelming. But I want to go back to the hospitality piece that Abraham offers, because I think sometimes we go past that too quickly. God told Abraham that Abraham was going to be a blessing to all the families on the earth. Even though he did not have a descendant yet, even though he wasn't that influential, I wonder if when these men passed by, he said, you know what? I'm supposed to be a blessing to everyone I meet. And he was living into that promise even when he couldn't see how it would ever work out. Friends, I think we need to live into our promises and the things we care about. If we really care about things like reconciling of races, standing up to all the isms in our world and fighting for those who are oppressed, if we really care about hunger, if we really care about affordable housing, if, if we really care about these things, then we don't just wait and say, well, it's, it's just overwhelming. We have to be like Abraham and say, what can I do right now? Because I am going to work for this. This is worth giving my life for. This is worth giving my time for. This is worth me giving my resources to. All of these things matter, and I'm so invested because I believe in resurrection. What seemed impossible on Good Friday happened to Easter Sunday. And we have to realize that if we really believe 
that God's promises are going to come to fruition, then we have to be like Abraham and offer hospitality, do what we can, serve where we can, forgive where we can, offer peace where we can. That's something I want to build my life on. Because God has never not come through with one of God's promises. So let's live our lives on these promises that we can count on. Amen?